0: Now I just want to review a little bit about last week. Last week we we started in First 1 Peter 1.20. and it said he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. So God had the plan all along to send the Savior. He had it chosen how he was re- going to redeem the world of their sin and make us right with him so we can enjoy relationship forever. He had it planned and at the precise moment in time, he, he revealed the Savior, praise God, born, planted in the womb of a virgin named Mary. And he chose to have the Savior humbly born in a manger. There's no room for him him at the end. No room. So born in a manger, revealed to the shepherds out in the field. Think about that. You know, if we would have chose to do it, we probably would have done it a different way. Some big grand opening, some big, you know, scene in front of the temple and all of that. But God's ways are so much higher than man's ways. Look at the way he did it the Savior of the world, who was announced uh, by Isaiah. We went through the prophecies some last week of, in Isaiah about the coming Savior of the world, about Micah sharing that it was going to be in the lowly town of Bethlehem and many other prophecies and how God fulfilled that. Well, let's go back um, to our story in Luke chapter 1. Luke 1. Uh, last week, we mentioned, praise God, that First of all, he was sending, according to the prophet Isaiah, the the forerunner to Jesus, his cousin in the natural, John the Baptist, was going to be born. And we saw in Luke 1 verse 19, the angel answered and said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent, not able to speak. Until this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true in proper time. We went over that story of Gabriel speaking to the priest, Zechariah, and his wife, Elizabeth, who was barren. And God had heard his prayers and was chosen Elizabeth, uh, praise God, to be the mother of John the Baptist. We went through that story and, and we saw um, how, praise God, that that. Um, Elizabeth became pregnant with John. And then in the sixth month, then we also know in verse 26, praise God. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. So we see the foretelling of the birth. Gabriel announcing to Zechariah, who was serving in the temple. And then Gabriel announcing to Mary. I just want to tell, I haven't told this story in a while, but there's so many new folks here. You know, 16 years ago, the year 2000, the same year this church was birthed, praise the Lord, on Christmas Eve about midnight in our home. You know, we had got the kids to bed. I think um, Rachel wasn't born yet. Jesse was about four years old. Uh, That would would have put Luke at nine and David about 14. Okay, we had put them all to bed and you know, everything was ready for the kids for Christmas morning the next day. And uh, I was about to go to bed and there was a knock at the door and uh, I opened the door, it was kind of a cold, rainy night, and there's a, a Latin woman um, standing at my door, long black hair, young Latin woman, and she's weeping, and she's talking to me in Spanish. And I, I, I opened the door, you know, this is, you know, we're, we live out in the country, we don't get a whole lot of visitors at midnight. Wasn't planned. I want to expect anybody at Christmas Eve. I asked her her name, and she said her name was Gabriella. Now, you know, being a pastor and a Christian and a spiritual man, I'm kind of thinking when I get a knock on the door of somebody named Gabriel on Christmas Eve, I'm kind of tuned in. What's going on here? And she's weeping and she's talking to me in Spanish and broken English. And I'm trying to understand, and she's standing at the door. And I recognize this angel, this is drunk. <laughs> <laughs> she's drunk, she's talking, and she's having a problem. And I kind of gain understanding that she's been, she had a fight with her boyfriend. Uh, or her husband, or something, and he had let her out down the road, and she winded up in my house. But her name is Gabriel, and it's Christmas Eve, okay? So, uh, I'm thinking, you know, being the pastor, I want to let her in and minister to her spiritually, but also, in reality, I don't let young women in at night to minister to them without my wife knowing about it, okay? So, I'm talking to her and I'm, Faye, I'm talking to her. I'm saying, Faye, I need you. And, and I'm talking to her and I'm, and, baby, I need you. Come. And, you know, she don't know what's going on. She's tucking the kids in. They're in bed. She's, she's uh, laying down with Jesse there. And, and I go back and I said, baby, there's a woman at the What? There's a, come, come here. So she comes and uh, she tells us a little bit more. And, of course, praise the Lord, my wife's heart. And we invite her in. And now we can sit down and minister to her. And we understand she's in trouble. So my wife just begins to comfort her and said, hey, everything's going to be okay. You're going to stay here tonight. Okay, and, and we're, we're, we're Christians. My husband's pastor. We're not going to hurt you. We're going to love you. We're going to give you a place to stay. You're going to stay here. And she went and got Jesse, picked her up out of the bed, put her in our bed, and, uh, and, and brought Gabriella uh, to the bedroom there and comfort her, get her something to drink, and, and put her in the bed. And when um, I came back in there, and we prayed with her, and said, hey, you're going to celebrate Christmas with us, it's going to be okay. And she went to bed, and of course the next morning, my wife had already figured out, got her some sort of present wrapped already, you know. And she was there when our kids opened their gifts, and she was there. When uh, we went to Nanny's house for dinner and, you know, she spent the time with us and I was able to talk to her and minister to her and end up talking with her husband, too, and getting that uh, uh, going on. But, you know, this story just reminded me. and later they shared this story. Uh, Miss Joyce, my dear brother, Ed, would tell me after we got this church going and we were reaching out to those struggling and those in need and reaching out all over the world. He said, you know, Pastor. He said that was the first year of the church getting started. He said that was a test. You know, God was showing you, you know, what you're going to be doing and, and taking in people and feeding them and clothing them and helping them like that. And, uh, and God just sent his blessing, you know. Anyway, 16 years later, we're still reaching people, not only here, all over the state and all over the world. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. So, You know, so if anybody comes to your door Christmas Eve, name anything to do with Gabriel, you know, (laughs) think about it. Hallelujah. So Gabriel came to Zechariah and then also came to Mary. And um, and then Mary says this, you know, in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left. So here the, the Savior of the world has been being announced for a thousand years through the prophets that one day he's coming. But nobody knew exactly how. You know, he's coming again. There's lots of books written. There's lots of movies made. We're not exactly sure how it's going to all unfold. We know some things as written in the word. But it, it could be today. You know, to say he's going to come again. So they weren't exactly sure. But now the angel comes to reveal, yes, he's coming. And here's how he's going to come. Mary, you're going to carry the Savior of the world. You're going to be with child. And the child's going to be the Savior. Let's, let's just stop. Sometimes we read over it too quick and we don't think. Let's stop. I know there are some mothers in here right now with child. Okay. Maybe more than you might know. Sometimes you hear things, okay? How many, how, many, how many mothers with child do we have here? In the, in any mothers with child here? Praise the Lord. Mother, you have a child in your womb right now. Child. How many mothers with child in their womb? Raise your hand. There's one. I can see that one. There's another one. Right there, Julie. Praise the Lord, Julie. Back here, mother with child, Amen amen Tasha anybody else over here mothers with child right Courtney's mother with child singing so pretty in the back God bless you another one how uh, family's growing here amen I uh, just listed let's, let's do this if you're a mother with child right now just stand for a moment That'll be easier for us to see stand stand for a moment you have a child in your womb amen amen hallelujah you know there's something about this. There's those kids, those new ones are going to take over one day. And that's, that's God's plan. Well, I'll say this. Think about this, ladies. You're carrying a special child. That's, that's my, my, my grandson. Now, let's think about Mary. Mary was carrying what the angel, an angel announced to her, the Savior of the world. She was going to carry the savior of the world for nine months, you know, Um, you know, and they didn't all have all the nurses training they have today of how to do it just right or what to do, but praise God, God's the way that he made it, you're carrying, and uh, it was overwhelming to her, but yet in faith, she just said, so be it as the Lord wills, I'm ready. And she was carrying the, the Savior of the world for nine months inside of her. The, the one that was going to make us right with God. You know, that, that's, a, that's quite an awesome thing. Praise the Lord. And she says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Think about it. So she's a participant in the miracle of the incarnation. Think about who she's carrying. She's carrying God incarnate in human flesh. She's carrying God. Amen? The Savior of the world. And praise God, she participates in this. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's at a level that's hard to, for any human to comprehend. It's hard for me to comprehend what it's like to carry a baby in your womb for nine months. Okay? Guys, we say, you know, okay, we feel for you and stuff, but we don't really know what all that's like. Now she's carrying the Savior of the world. It's amazing to me. Okay, and and, uh, you know, she was a virgin. had never been with a man or pregnant before. And then uh, Elizabeth was barren. Let me say this. But you know what? Now, by the Holy Spirit, church, because this baby grew up and paid our price for our sin that we can be right with God, he's the one in her womb that grew up that made a way for us to be right with God, for the plan to work, which is his will, was be f- for the Spirit of God to now dwell inside of us. So this baby that she was carrying, now, because she did, we're all carrying. So now we, we can all know. So we are all carrying, us uh, Christians, the Holy, the Spirit of God. She was carrying God in her womb and now we're carrying God also. So we can kind of comprehend you're carrying God in you. And you know what? I want to just speak this word. The Holy Ghost is here in saying all of this. The same Holy Spirit that planted that baby in that womb planted these babies in these wombs. And in the name of Jesus, these mothers out here that are longing for a baby as Zechariah's wife was, in the name of Jesus, we just pray right now and believe, Father. Lord God, in Jesus' name, it's your will to bless, bless with children, bless families, open the wombs, Lord God, by your Holy Spirit, Lord God, your will, we trust in you, your will be done, bless families, create life, you're the creator of life, in Jesus' name, receive, hallelujah, blessing in children, we thank you, Lord, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So Mary's carrying this one. And Elizabeth, her cousin, is carrying John the Baptist. We talked about last week. And we saw that when they met. Amen. Mary goes to see Elizabeth. Now Elizabeth is six months pregnant. And Mary's just with child. Amen. And, and wow. John the Baptist leaps in the womb when the Savior walks in. That wasn't just some random kick, church. The baby didn't kick because he had been kicking all morning and happened to kick again when Mary walked in as a coincidence. No, John the Baptist, the Bible, leaped for joy inside the womb when his Savior walked in because John was filled with the Holy Ghost from the womb. Leap for joy. Praise the Lord. Let's, uh, so that's about as far as we uh, got with the story there. Well, we're going to continue. We didn't, um, we didn't finish when John was born. So let's go back to Luke 1, verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But the mother spoke up and said, no, his name is to be John. It's customary at the time on the eighth day is when the child was circumcised is the same day. They named the child. It was customary to name that first boy after the father. Okay. They said there's no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to the father to find out what it would he would name the child. You know, some scholars think because they were making signs to the father, not just talking to him, that when uh, when he went mute, that he also went deaf for that time of nine months. I don't know. It doesn't make it clear. But it kind of hints that way. So they had to make signs to him. And then he asked for something to write on. You know. Praise the Lord. He asked everyone for a writing tablet. And to, his, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. That's what he to, the angel told him. Immediately, his mouth was opened. And his tongue was loose, and he began to speak, praising God. The neighbors were all filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all of these things. Everyone who heard this was wondering about it. What kind of child is this going to be? For the Lord's hand is with him. So, you know, you know, there's a spread of the news kind of happening already that this miracle happened to this priest, Zechariah, you know, that this other, you know, this, this virgins with child and everybody's kind of talking, hmm, uh, I told Joseph not to marry that girl, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and others are in, you know, so there's, there's talk going around about these things and the talk is usually divided just as it is today about Jesus, okay? So it goes on in Zechariah, the Bible says, the, his, his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit, And began to prophesy. Just like when Mary, praise God, came in and she began to prophesy. And then Elizabeth prophesied. Now Zechariah, filled with the Holy Ghost, as the baby is born. And he begins to cry out. In verse 76, he says, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. Just as Isaiah prophesied John was coming to make the path straight. Uh, praise God for the coming of the Lord. Well, here he comes. John comes in the spirit and power of Elijah, and he's proclaiming that Jesus was coming. Praise God, just like the prophet said. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let's go to, to get the story in chronological order a little bit. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 1. You know, the birth of the Savior, if you want to read the whole thing, you look. you read it in Matthew and you read it in Luke. Mark doesn't go into it that much. He's just, you know, sharing the different miracles of Jesus, showing that Jesus is the Messiah. John comes out in first word and said, Jesus is God in the flesh. But Mark and, I mean, Matthew and Luke kind of open the story and share about his birth. Verse 18, the birth of Jesus Christ. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. So Luke gives one side of the story. Now Matthew's given the side from Joseph. But Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to a public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. See, he was against the law of the Jews for him to take this woman who was already pregnant. And, you know... Uh, he didn't know. Uh, he he wasn't very familiar with supernatural spiritual incarnations like that before. I mean, what would you think? Hello, going to put ourselves in his shoes at the time. So he was trying to do the right thing according to the law and put her away. But he he loved her and didn't want to do make her a public disgrace. So he was going to. He was in quite a bit of turmoil and was going to do it quietly. Verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. His name is Jesus, because he will save the people Let me just elaborate on that a little bit. The name Jesus is really a transliteration, not exactly um, a trans, not exactly a direct um, interpretation of the Hebrew name Joshua, which really in Hebrew is Yahshua. They don't use the J, they use the Y. So his name is, was Yahshua, and Yahshua means the Lord saves. Amen? Now, we use the English um, translation uh, and from Yeshua to Jesus, and that's okay. When people say, I baptize you in the name of Jesus, and some think you've got to say those letters that way, well, they don't use those letters in China. They have a Chinese word, amen? In Hebrew, it's Yeshua. So it's not that word we're baptizing in, it's the person of Christ. When we say the name of Jesus, we're talking about the person of Jesus. Everything who he is, the great I am. Amen? We baptize in the great I am. We baptize in the name of Jesus, Yahshua, the person of Christ. Amen? So let's don't get hung up on which words they say. Amen? That should not divide denominations. That's crazy. Amen. Got that out of the way. Praise the Lord. The name of Jesus, Yeshua, in Hebrew, Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus, the Messiah. All this took place, what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, another name for him, which means God with us. So here, Matthew is writing about the prophecy From Isaiah that's coming about. When Joseph woke up. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded. And he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her. Until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. So that just tells part of the story. Luke tells another part of the story. Matthew 2 it gets into. um, It gets into the the wise men coming. We're going to go there in a minute. But to keep along with uh, chronological order, let's go back to Luke. Let's go back to Luke. And uh, I'm going to skip over chapter 2, 1 through 20, about the shepherds and the manger. Because we're going to do that next week as part of our series, okay? So we'll go over that story. So let's move on to what happened right after the birth. Verse 21 of Luke 2. On the eighth day... When it was time to circumcise him, according to the law of Moses, time for circumcision and to name the baby on the eighth day. He was named Jesus, uh, uh, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. Then in verse 22, it says, When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord, and they quote in the law, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves and two young pigeons. Okay. So it looks like this. Uh, They were in Bethlehem. And let me just set this up so you can get a picture of it. Jerusalem, is the big city with the temple on the mount. Is where all the Jews have to come for all the feasts. Okay, it's, That's where uh, the presence of God uh, um, is uh, revealed in a, in a way you can physically see in the temple. They gather there for all the feasts. That's where they had to come to do this law of purification. That's where they had to, had to um, come and present the child as we dedicate children to the Lord here. They were coming to dedicate Christ. But before that... The Bible says after the eighth day, they circumcised. So it looks like they circumcised the child right there in Bethlehem, amen, and named the child. And then after the purification, according to the law of Moses, which was 33 more days, now they take the child to the temple. Bethlehem is about four miles from Jerusalem. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, about four miles. Hey, you can put Mary and the baby on the donkey and make it four miles to the temple to go do this thing. Okay. Now they had come from Nazareth when it was time for, you know, Caesar had set out that everybody should be taxed and returned to the hometown of their family. David, they had to come and that's 70 miles. So it was a long trip to Bethlehem. They weren't going to Bethlehem and going to register and get back the next day. There's not a plane ride or a bus. They're on a donkey and walking, all these people gathering. So they went a long way. So when you get there and have a baby, you don't turn around and go back home within two weeks. They're staying months. They're going to live in Bethlehem for a while. But while they're living in Bethlehem, they also know according to the law, they got to make it to Jerusalem because every baby after the purification has to be presented at the temple. Amen? So they give some time for the mother to heal. Let's look, holding our spot there, in uh, Luke chapter 2. Let's look at this law um, real quick in Leviticus. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus chapter 12. I want to show y'all something here. Leviticus 12, verse 1 through 8. The Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelites, a woman who becomes pregnant and gives birth to a son will be ceremonially unclean for seven days, just as she is unclean during her monthly period. On the eighth day, the boy is to be circumcised. Then the woman must wait 33 days to be purified from her bleeding. Everybody with me? She must not touch anything sacred or go into the sanctuary until after the days of her purification are over. So she couldn't go into the temple till after this extra 33 days. If she gives birth to a daughter for two weeks, the woman will be unclean as during her period. Then she must wait 66 days to be purified from her bleeding. Verse six, when the days of her purification for a son or daughter are over, She is to bring to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting a year-old lamb for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or a dove for a sin offering. He shall offer them before the Lord to make atonement for her, and then she will be ceremonially clean from her flow of blood. So, you know, if there was a flow of blood, and that was a man or woman... They were unclean for a while until it was healed, until it was stopped. Then they can be brought back into the camp. Then they could worship again, go into the temple. Hey, we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus, amen? Amen. We stay cleansed by the blood of Jesus. They had to go through a ceremony and a ritual, all right? So he's circumcised on the eighth day in Bethlehem. Now, 33 days later, she's had time to heal from her bleeding. She's had time to gain her strength, The baby's getting stronger. And now it's time, according to the law, to take the child to Jerusalem about four miles and present the baby at the temple. And they had to bring an offering. And this offering says a lamb and also um, a pigeon and a dove. But then it goes to say this. Watch this next line. These are the regulations for a woman who gives birth to a boy or girl. Verse 8, if she cannot afford a lamb, she is to bring two doves and two young pigeons, one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement for her and she will be clean. All right, let's go back to Luke and see what she brings. Okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke. Praise God. A pair of doves and two young pigeons. So Mary fit into the category then with Joseph that they couldn't, they didn't have the, the physical lamb to bring. They couldn't afford the lamb. They had just come on a long trek. And guess what? The wise men hadn't been there yet with the gold. The wise men came and brought all kind of gifts. You know, we traditionally, because there's gold and frankincense and myrrh, there's three gifts, so we associate that with three wise men. Guys, I don't know that. There could have been 25 wise men coming from the east. They brought camels. They could have been loaded down with gifts and stacked them up at the house. Okay. I don't think they made it to the manger on the same day. But soon after, they came. Amen? All right? They didn't come within the eighth days of, the, of uh, circumcision or 33 days after because Mary and Joseph didn't buy a lamb to go present to the temple. Really? God set it up that way because he didn't want them bringing the lamb. Uh, physically, he, they were bringing the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. Do you know God made a way... They praise God after Jesus, the Lamb of God, died for the sin of the world. He had that whole temple knocked out by the Romans. And today, when the Jews celebrate Passover, they don't eat the lamb. They don't know why, but we do. Because the lamb was already, praise God, his blood was shed. Amen? Because they're supposed to bring the lamb to the temple. And the temple's not there. So they can't bring the lamb. And God wants it that way because the lamb has already come. So Mary and Joseph, it was set up where they couldn't buy a lamb and bring it because God knew that they were bringing the lamb with them. Are you with me? So they go to the temple. Praise God. Let's see what happens at the temple. It's good sometimes to dig out a little nugget of something new in the story that we maybe haven't seen before. You know, this thing is rich and deep. Sometimes we read over it lightly and we catch one part and we know parts of the story. But you know, it's good to know, hey, Zechariah's wife's name was Elizabeth. Let's know all the characters. The angel's name was Gabriel. Let's know the story, okay, and learn the thif- different things about it. So here we see, praise God, we see church. Now she, they come to the temple. Picture them. I've been from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, Okay. So they're making that trek. The Bible says right here in verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. Who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. That he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. This man Simeon had studied the scrolls of Isaiah... He knew the prophecies of Ezekiel and Micah that the child would be born in Bethlehem. He knew it and he had the Holy Spirit upon him and the Holy Spirit was showing him you're getting close to the time that the Savior of the world is gonna be revealed and he knew it in his heart and he would go to the temple and God said, guess what? You've been praying about this. You have your heart set, set on fixed on seeing the Savior of the world. You know what? I'm gonna grant that to you. I'm gonna bless you. You're not gonna die until you see my Savior. I don't know how old this dude was he could have been 75 or he could have been 145 He could have been living longer than anybody else because god was going to show him this Doesn't say now watch this praise the lord Hallelujah So simeon is there At the very time mary and joseph walk in with the savior Wow Hello It's a setup It's a god thing They're at the temple big temple Steps leading up. Glorious buildings sitting on the hill can see, be seen from all across Jerusalem. They're going. They got their doves and their pigeon ready to sacrifice. And they got the baby ready to present just like you do when you dedicate your child to the Lord right here. Amen. Bring in the sacrifice of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says, moved by the Spirit, verse 27, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what was custom of the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. Man, imagine that mama waking, walking in with the baby. She knows he's got the Savior. The, and, and, and this old guy wants to grab the baby. You know, she's been revealed that this is the Savior of the world. Hmm, should, I, should, I give it, should I give it? But she's got the Holy Ghost, too. So she has peace because the Holy Spirit in her bear witness with the Holy Spirit in him. And he, when he reached, the Holy Spirit just gently handed the Holy Spirit the baby. Amen. And Holy Spirit, he lifts up the child and by the Holy Ghost begins to speak about this child, holding that child up. I've held all my kids up to the Lord, you know, not because I saw it on Lion King, because I read it in the Word. Amen? Okay? I read it in the Word. Hold the child up and praise the Lord for the baby, dedicating to the Lord. Even before it's dedicated You know, at at the church is dedicated from our heart. We speak life to those wombs even now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lay hands on that tummy and pray and believe, right? And you know what we speak comes to pass. We speak life and health and blessing and truth. Amen. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. I speak life and health right now to all those babies in the wombs and the babies that are going to be in those other wombs. In the name of Jesus, we speak life and health and blessing that these children would know the Lord at an early age. And even now, the Holy Ghost in the mother and father is protecting and watching over and touching the child in the womb. Amen. How cool is that? Amen? My grandson Tripp says to me sometimes, how crazy is that? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So Simeon says this, and then let's see what else. Verse 33. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother... This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Think about that. Many speak against him now. And there's a turmoil in the world over who he is. And you know what that's for? The intents and motives of every heart would be laid bare. Amen? When following this Christ and you got division in your family because of it or your friends or this or that and it causes turmoil, the intents and motives of your heart will be laid bare. Are you for real? Are you really a follower of Christ? Or will you only follow when your family or your friend or your, or your homies won't persecute you? Will you stand strong for him when you're being persecuted because of your faith? Amen? Okay. It says, the motives, the incense of the heart will be made known. So this is going to cause division. Wow. The falling and rising of many in Israel will be a sign to that which was spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. A sword will pierce your own soul too. Wow. This guy laid it out there, man. He's about to die. He's okay. He's not building a church there. You know, he's going to go. Prophets can say what they want and go on. Okay. He just lay it out. And he told Mary, you know, he blessed the child. But you know what? Your soul's going to be pierced with this. You know, she carried that child. But she also was there on the Via Della Rosa as he was carrying the cross. And she was at the foot of the cross when they stabbed him with a spear. And she was watching while they whipped him and beat him. You know, she, uh, she had, to, she had to, to bear that as well. Praise God. Now, verse 36, there was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel at the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. So she lived as a widow most of her life. The Bible says she never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child. You know, this woman devoted her life for praying for the Savior, and she got to see him also. Devoted her whole life. Staying at the temple, fasting and praying. Just praying. You know, there's folks in this world who go to areas where there's turmoil and destruction and they fast and pray over nations right now there's folks praying for folks in the bondage of Islam in certain nations and they become Christians and they're praying over their cities fasting and praying and they devote their life to it to see folks be saved that the Savior that has come that their hearts and minds would be open and be revealed Okay. There's folks praying over cities, over nations, over things. I'm telling you. Guys, um, there's more to life than just running after all the pleasures you can gain in this world and all the fun you can have and all the vacations you can go on. Okay? what you turn aside from to do things for the Lord and for the people of God all over the world and to spread his gospel, you'll be rewarded forever. And your time to to serve, to have those is now. There's not a chance at the end to, oh, Lord, I wish I would have done this or done this. Do what he's telling. Take the advice, this Mary who said, whatever, you know, whatever you want me to do, Lord, so be it. So to me later on, praise God, when she went to the wedding at Cana, hallelujah. And they, they were having a turmoil at the wedding, there was no wine left, and she turned to Jesus, and say, Hey, see this? Do whatever he says. That's still good advice, church. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. How were they sent? Anna and Simeon were sensitive to know that the Savior was coming and they knew to go to the temple, and they were about to meet him, and they knew they weren't going to die till they saw him because they could hear the voice of the Spirit, because they turned aside a lot of other voices and listened regularly and faithfully. Church, I'll be talking about in two weeks, New Year's Day service right here. I'll be talking to you about the three-week Daniel fast will be going on We do as a church all together, along with thousands of churches around the world. Why? Because God's calling His people to turn aside from some junk, to turn aside from some social media, to turn aside a few things and focus on fine tuning your reception so you can be like Simeon and Anna and be able to hear the voice of the Spirit clearly and know what's coming up for the church, for your family, for the future, and be listening so you can be walking in tune when Jesus steps. Hey, look, you know what? I believe when Jesus returns, I'm going to be watching and ready. It's not going to take me by surprise. I have a question. It's not going to take me by surprise. Yes, ma'am. Before you finish your message, would you finish your story about Gabrielle? (laughs) Enjoy that story. Amen. So, Hallelujah! It's not going to take because the Bible says, you know. If the thief would have known when his house would be broken and he wouldn't have uh, been unaware. But it says we, praise the Lord, we have the Spirit so we can know. No one knows the day of the hour but we can know and be walking with God and be getting ready. Praise the Lord. Amen. We can be ready. Hallelujah. We can be in His perfect will when He returns. I believe we will be as a church. Why? Because we're growing in that right now. Amen. I'll finish with this and Answer her question. Hallelujah. Fasting, coming to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to redemption. So she became a, a witness. She saw the child. She knew it. She prophesied and she spoke about the child to all, saying the Savior who is coming. Amen. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their town Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong and was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. You know, uh, praise the Lord. Next week, as you spend time with your family, Christmas Eve, and some go to one family, another have different places to go. Hey, tell your family that, hey, Sunday morning, I'm going to be in church. Why don't you go with me? The party can wait. I got important things to do. I'm going to be celebrating the birth of my Savior. And then I'll come to the party afterwards. You can come with me. But I know where I'm going to be. For the birth of the Savior. Invite some others. Let them know what's going on. Important Savior of the world coming. What happened with Gabriella after that? We found the family of the husband. And got to minister. talk to them. After that, I don't know. Sometimes you visit angels unaware and you don't know what happens next. I don't know. Praise the Lord. So hadn't seen her since. Amen? Praise God. But if somebody comes to your home names anything to do with Gabriel, just be sensitive. Lord, I thank you as we uh, celebrate the birth of the Savior of the world. Lord, we don't just read over the story and take it lightly and go through the motions. We actually stop from our heart, we pause, we think, we meditate on what you've done, and we express our appreciation for what you've done for us by our love for others. Help us, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.